You're listening to The Spiritual Awakening Show, and today's episode, like many others, is a paradoxical one. We're going to be talking about the nature of emptiness and form. We're going to explore the balance between the real and the illusory, and how to avoid getting stuck in either thinking that everything, including your ego, is real, or getting stuck in thinking that everything is merely an illusion and that you don't exist. Both perspectives do hold some validity on their own, but the blossoming of full spiritual realization involves finding a balance between them both. To express this point, I borrow a couple quotes from the Zen tradition and give my interpretation. This clip is an excerpt from a spontaneous message during one of my in-person weekly meditation meetings that I host at Ritual Yoga House in Brampton, Ontario. I apologize for the subpar audio quality from this phone recording. I actually wasn't expecting to give a talk at all, and so I left my mic at home. But anyway, I hope you enjoy. You can find out more about me and my work at brentspirit.com. Now, let's talk about the real and the unreal, about form and emptiness. Enjoy. Zen, they have a saying, first there is a mountain, then there is no mountain, then there is a mountain again. What this saying means is that prior to any spiritual practice, more specifically prior to any spiritual awakening or realization of emptiness, You take yourself to be real. There is a mountain, which is you. You walk around in the world as if your character, in my case, Brent, is a real thing, a real entity with some sort of inherent reality with a center that we can point at and say, this is bread. Well, when you begin practicing, eventually you see that there is no mountain. There is no bread, there is no me, there is no I, there is no ego. It's an illusion, just like a mirage. This is the second phase on the journey, the second part of the Zen saying, where they say there is no mountain. So in this phase, which can last anywhere from a fleeting moment to months to years, depending on your disposition, depending on the type of context you have, the type of teachings, traditions, and practices you explore, you can be in the state of there is no mountain for a good length of time, walking around, feeling unreal, disregarding the world as an illusion, even telling other people, I'm not real, you're not real, there is no me, there is no you, there is no world, there is no mountain. So then we come to the third phase, then there is a mountain again. 
This is when realization comes deep into the body. It's no longer just a mental realization, a mental concept or experience. It's something held within the body. The body is very real. It experiences pain, hunger, sickness, birth, death. The mind can disregard itself and say there is no mind, there is no me, there is no I, there is no ego. But regardless of what the mind says, believes, conceptualizes, philosophizes, contemplates, the body is here, going through the motions, digesting food, breathing, moving. It wants nothing to do with any sort of idea that disregards it as unreal. So when our awakening comes into the body, then we end up in the third phase of the Zen saying, then there is a mountain again. But we're in this phase transformed because we saw the second phase in which there was no mountain. We saw that it was an illusion. And yet we recognize that we didn't come here into this life as human beings to realize that nothing is real, that everything is an illusion and stop there. We came here to realize that it's an illusion and then to play in, in the illusion, knowing that no matter what happens, the only thing that's real is consciousness, awareness, emptiness, God, who we really are, our true nature. And the illusion will come and go. And so we come here to grow, to share, to love, to teach, to enjoy, to appreciate, to transform, to be challenged, to fail, succeed, and all of that. So in Zen they say, before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. Life goes on, regardless of your realization, your awakening, your enlightenment, whether you realize there is no mountain, whether you believe there is a mountain, or whether the mountain has come back again after you've experienced emptiness, no self, the void. We're still here to play our roles out as human beings. So if you look into these traditions deeply, properly, you'll see that if you don't embrace that third phase of the mountain returning again, if you don't embrace the body, your realization, your path, your practice is incomplete. Now there are some schools of thought, some approaches that are more modern, modern such as Neo-Advaita or some schools of non-duality that seem to get stuck or stop at the second phase, claiming that there is no mountain, there is no me, there is no I, there is no you, all is one, there is only awareness. And then they walk around stuck in that conceptual perspective, repeating it to other people, pushing their 
trauma and emotion and feelings and relationships aside, claiming that none of this is real. And this is a very uncomfortable, dry, meaningless existence. It happens for some people because they may have a certain reluctance to address the body. The body is what carries emotional trauma, tension, conditioning that needs to be addressed. And it needs to be addressed through deep healing, deep inner work, through self-love, and it involves the energetic transformation of the entire system, the activation and awakening of the chakra systems, the rising of Kundalini. And so it's very involved, this process, and it takes many years, it takes a lot of work, and it requires much more than just a mental psychological realization that nothing is real. To go the whole way towards realization, one needs to address the body, have Kundalini awaken, go through the Kundalini process so that all of the chakras in the system can be flowing with that energy so that any trauma that is causing a person to remain in a state of unconsciousness so that trauma can be healed, released, transformed. So the path is very in-depth. There's many different stages and phases and nuances. And what's interesting and challenging is that at almost every stage of the path, every milestone feels as if it's complete. It feels as if there could not possibly be anything more. So when a person realizes that there is no mountain, there is no me, there is no I, it feels in the moment of that realization that this is it. There can't possibly be any more. Seems absolutely impossible for there to possibly be another phase after the realization of emptiness. But this is the nature of the path. By grace, somehow, we keep going and we find that there is always another step. That we can go from there being nothing to there being everything. This is the paradoxical nature of the path. It's very important to avoid getting stuck by thinking that we've made it and there can't possibly be anything more. There's always another step. This is why it's important to have a teacher or a tradition to follow. And if you don't have a teacher or a tradition, to at least be open-minded and to constantly be discussing, reading, contemplating, entertaining new ideas, practicing, to avoid getting stuck, to avoid feeling as if you've made it. The journey itself is the goal. We made it before we even started. We keep practicing to embody more and more. We can always be a little more kind to ourselves, loving to ourselves, to others. We can always be a little bit more in the moment, a little bit more present. We can always be a little more appreciative. That never ends. We never max out that. 
we can max out psychological conceptual realizations and insights and ideas. We can grasp the teachings and we can sort of come to a sense of completion in regard to the intellectual understanding, but there is no end to how deeply we can embody the truth that all is one, all is divine, all is me, all is you, 